0: Hallelujah. (laughs) Do you know that it is possible for an eagle never to fly if an eagle failed to recognize the capacity that is in Bedded in it to fly far away into the sky, if an eagle continuously from childhood mingle with mere chicken, the eagle will never, ever fly. Do you believe that? As a child of God, until we are convinced beyond all reasonable doubt who our Father is, we may never be able to attain our full potential. That's why it's very critical to convince ourselves and convince anyone who is willing to listen. Not everybody is willing to listen. Anyone who is willing to listen, to convince them beyond reasonable doubt who your Father is and who you are in Him. Sickness is willing to listen. Poverty is willing to listen. Everything on earth bows at the name of Jesus. They are willing to listen. But are you convinced? They only listen when they see your conviction. They only listen when you know, they know you know what you are saying. I mean, I'll give you an example. There was a man that heard about Jesus in the scripture. And he saw the apostles. Casting out demons in Jesus' name. And he wanted to do the same thing, but he wanted to purchase it. Hallelujah. And when he attempted to do the same, the demon says, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Hallelujah. Are you convinced when you hear that you are a child of God, are you convinced beyond every reasonable doubt that no one else can change your mind? If you are, I want you to find another partner. Tell that person and let that person know no demon in heaven can convince me otherwise i know who i am hallelujah 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 amen okay i know you are wondering what kind of Service is this, or is this guy going to speak the word of God today? Is he going to preach today? Hallelujah. You know, in my time in the military, one thing that I learned in the military, and if anyone should ask me, I would recommend that everybody, every Christian should go through military training if I have the way to make it a, a mandatory thing. You see, in the military, yeah. they take you as a raw, with we, we, that quote and unquote, don't be offended with that word, it's a common word in the military circle. raw civilian. We take you as a raw civilian and we convert you to a soldier. Do you know how that is done? It is called training, true training. No matter who you are, no matter how, you know, feeble you are, if you are brought into the military camp and you go through the military exercise, through the training, you will change from being weak to rock. Did you notice Jesus did that with Peter? Peter? It is by training. The reason why I'm asking you to do this exercise is because it is only by training. It is not by automation. You have to train yourself. Convince your mind. Deprogram and reprogram it to believe in the word of God. It does not happen by automation. We have to train ourselves. And one of the ways you do that is to say to yourself, say to anyone who cares to hear on listening, convincingly. Otherwise, there are more than enough voices around us that will convince us otherwise. Yes. Yes. And I bet to tell you, even some ministers or preachers can convince you otherwise. They don't do it intentionally, they do it by mistake. Hallelujah. I want us to be convinced, today we're going to talk about living out your God-created identity. Living out your God-created identity, and that's why I want you to be convinced. Let's be seated. Hallelujah. And I'm going to have us pray. I want you to pray This morning, and just talk to God while you bow your head and tell God to release his grace, all grace that he has promised unto you so that you may live out your God's created identity. Just talk to God quietly on your own, in your own ways, and tell him, Lord, this morning, I ask for your special grace that I may leave out my God's created identity. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we trust in your word this morning. We're convinced and persuaded that your word will not return back unto you void until it has accomplished the purpose for which it is sent forth. So, therefore, this morning, as congregation of saints we join our faith together and trusting in you to release unto us your grace the abundance of your grace that we may be able to live out our God's created identity according to your divine grace we thank you and we glorify your name we thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning for the mute tongue is loosened. The deaf hear is open to hear. We thank you, Lord Jesus, those that have been beaten down in their lock, they receive your salvation this morning to revive and to glorify your name. We worship you as we pray in Jesus' name. Shout hallelujah. In the beginning of this year, we set out to begin to talk about the unveiling of Jesus Christ or the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we've been taking series of classes. We've been taking, talking about series of topics. We've talked about, you know, so many things. And recently we talked about um, giving. We talked about the Holy Spirit and transgress, uh, um, transition into giving. And we say so many things about giving, and I love the way the teaching is going. I don't know if you're enjoying it so far. Amen. Has anyone been confused so far? Okay. Are you getting the required knowledge or training? Amen. This morning, I want to talk to Ross about how to live out our God created identity. And I want us to, um, I want to, I want to. I want to piggyback on um, the topic of teaching, uh, giving. And I want to uh, re-emphasize again, when Pastor Ben began to teach, I, I want to recall or call by your mind into something that he mentioned about the fact that money is one of the least things in the kingdom of God when it you know, comes to, um, to giving. Amen. Did, did you remember that? If you look in the internet, there are some interesting thoughts about what will the world look like without money. What kind of a world will we have if there is no money? When you get home, just Google. There are so many interesting thoughts about that. Amen. Amen. And so. I agree completely, and I hope you agree that money is one of the least things in the mind of God when he's talking about giving, when he's trying to teach us about giving. Amen? And I bet you have read in the scripture that God is not broke, never broke. The heaven is not broke, so when we're talking about giving, it is not about fundraising. And the unfortunate thing is in many churches, congregations, or preachers, it has always been about money. It has been reduced to money, the issue about giving. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that your God, your Father, whose identity you carry, is a giver? God is a giver. As a matter of fact, everything about God is about giving. Money is included, but it's one of the least. Hallelujah. So I want to tie that back into our identity. So the interesting thing about the many um, opinion about if it, the word is without money, is that there are a lot of people that say some interesting thing that there will be no hunger, for example. That nobody will be homeless, for example. You know, so many interesting things. And I want to submit to you that the scripture has answer. The truth of the mother is not only money, but from the beginning of creation, God never intended that the humans he was going to create, we have to expend their energy in order to get anything. No. From the beginning of creation, God made everything available. He created everything, and man was supposed to enjoy it. Live free of charge. Do you believe that? If you don't, you can read from Genesis. In the book of Genesis, he created everything. And he brought in Adam and placed Adam in the garden. All the trees, all the fruit, everything was already ready. It was made ready. And he placed Adam in the garden. What was the job of Adam, Bible scholars? God told him, keep the garden and dress it. Hallelujah. What would the world without money look like? That's the world without money. Money was never needed from the beginning. No, what do you need it for? Everything you need is provided by God. Why would money be an issue or a factor? Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? I want you to track with me carefully this morning. Because I want to talk about this identity of God in a different dimension. In Revelation chapter 21, if you have time, read it. At the end of our race here on earth, we're going to live in a new earth where there will be no need for money. There will be no need. There will be no lack. Nothing will be needed. Again, it's going back to the original creation. God will be at the center. He takes care of everything. He provides everything and we will only be worshiping and praising him. Hallelujah. Did you believe that? Have you read that in your scripture? Read it in Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 21 when you have time. So in Genesis, before sin came into the sin, God provided everything. Man was never expected to labor. Adam began to labor after sin came in. God said, well, now that you have disobeyed, you are going to eat out of the sweat of your brows. Prior to that, Adam and Eve were in the garden, eating and feeding without sweating. After rapture, when we get to the new Jerusalem, the new earth, and the new heaven, it is going to be the same. We are going back to that original plan. We we will never need to sweat. We will just be there. We will not need anything other than the glory of God shining forth. And we just rejoice. And I pray you and I will be there. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, in the opinion of what the world will look like without many, it is recorded in the scripture. It is the world that God envisioned. Are you with me so far? It is the world that God envisioned from the beginning, a world where in everyone we focus on God and God is able to meet all the needs of those He has created. He has more than sufficiency. Do you know today there is more than enough money in this world for every human being on earth to live comfortably? Do you know the ground? That God created has not ceased producing fruit. And there is enough land on earth. There is enough capacity within the land, within the soil, to produce enough food for everyone on earth to eat. Do you know that? The world that God envisioned is a world where no one will lack. Where no one would be in need. And I submit to you that it is the word that God is raising Christians to begin to recreate. (laughs) Let me call your attention to another history. In the earliest apostles, if you read the the book of the Acts of Apostles, have you read among the earliest apostles that the Bible says no one among them has any need? Do you know why? Because everything that everyone has was distributed so that no one is lacking. Do you know that? When God is talking about giving, It is not about money, it is a lifestyle. Like I said, God is not broke, and he's not asking us to raise funds, he's not asking us to, no, 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 no. God is trying to teach us a lifestyle so that we can live our God's created identity. But unfortunately, there have been so much erroneous teaching, even coming from the altar or the pulpit, that we have relegated it to money. And God is about to take us to a higher ground. Amen? Let me read the scripture quickly. I'm going to paraphrase because this is not something I can really teach. In one uh, teaching, I'm going to trust that you will be able to go back and just read most of these scriptures. Amen? I want to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. And if you forget everything, everything I say today, I want you to take note of these two scriptures I want to read. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 48, and I'm going to read also from the book of Luke, chapter 6, from verse 35 and verse 36. So Matthew chapter 8, chapter 5, I beg your pardon, from verse 48. We're going to still read some of other uh, verses, but I just want you to take note of those two scriptures because sometimes when we come to church and we listen to messages, um, you know, when we begin the message, you are... You are acutely interested, maybe doing towards the middle, you are already, we're losing you. And at the end of the day, you might forget everything I've said from the beginning. Amen. So, I want you to keep these two scriptures. If you forget everything, just make sure that when you get back home, you do a research and read and study these two scriptures. Amen. As a matter of fact, I want you to start Matthew from uh, chapter 5 from verse 1. But I want to read verse 23. Amen. And I'm reading from message translation. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Leave out your God's created identity. That's the title. You are kingdom subject. Now, live like it. This is the reason why I said I want you to pay attention because th- this is something you want to begin to do from today. You want to begin to read this to yourself. You, you want it to to be in your face, right? Every day. And that's why I want you to pay attention to it. He said, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. That's where I picked the title from. Live generously and graciously toward others. What is your measuring yardstick? The, what pastors say to you, no. What a preacher say, no. What an evangelist say, no. What is the measuring standard on generosity? How to live generously? How to give? You see, we relegate really it to the word give, and I don't really like using that word give. I like to use the word that the scripture used. Live Generously. Because God is not focusing on money when he is saying this. He's focusing on a lifestyle. A lifestyle that he has embedded in us. It's not something that we're just going to recruit. No, 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 no. That's who we are. That's why we're trying to reemphasize how do you feel when you know that you're a child of God. We were created to live generously and graciously towards others. Amen? So the measuring stick, the litmus test, the parameter you use is simple. The way God lives towards you. You see, when I listen to some testimonies of pastors and preachers, I sometimes feel very sad. Not because it is wrong, but it has a great potential to mislead. Preachers are not our standard. The pastors, the evangelists, the apostles, the circumference bishop, the circle bishop, they are not our yardstick. They are human beings who are still on that grace like you and me. So in any teaching you hear about giving, give $10 for an anointing hour give $15 for whatever give this and that will happen and you they back it up with testimony on how they gave and how God miraculously supplied some things that's why I weep when I hear such messages it breaks my heart because that's not what God is after the devil gives Satan gives. Anyone can give. What God is after is a lifestyle. A lifestyle of God that is centered on generous living. Generosity. Generosity across board. It is who we are. And when we focus on wrong things, it robs us. See, the devil surreptitiously Lead us in this way without us even knowing. Hallelujah. The way God lives towards you. You've heard about so many Christians are confused whether they should pay tithes, whether they should not pay tithes, whether they should pay offering, whether they should not pay offering, whether they should pay this. whether. They, why? Because of a erroneous teaching coming from the altar. There's it's a scripture that says, who can ever believe that evil will be found in the gate of Jerusalem? He said, it is the error of the teaching priest. Jesus came to show us how to live generously. Not how to give 10, 15, 20, 30%. Not how to give... Sat- uh, the way God lives towards you. If God should give us 10%, How do you think you will survive? 10% of oxygen. How do you survive? 10%! I am neither for nor against. I am against everything that does not originate from God. No. God wants us to live generously. Generously. If you're going to go by law and all those kind of things, it won't help what God is trying to achieve. That's my point. God wants us to leave our God-created identity. He wants us to leave it out. So you cannot be talking about percentages. Now, hallelujah, I don't want to get boiled down. But I thought I should just mention that. So what is the measuring standard? The way God lives towards you. Look at the way God lives towards us. The Bible said, how God commended his love towards us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The way God lives towards us. God is a giver. He gave us the very life that we live today. He gave us oxygen to breathe without a measuring percentage. He gave us all the good things in life. Even though you might think you are struggling, you might think there are some things that you need. Yes, acknowledge that. But the way God lives towards us, He lives generously towards us. Can you recount how many times you have said, God, I'm sorry I did this, and God will still forgive? Because His steadfast love never ceases. They are new every morning. Can you put a percentage on that? The error. Of the priest. God. Wants us to live generously. The way. He lives towards us. That's our standard. Don't let no preacher. Talk you out of it. Again tell your neighbor please. Don't let any preacher talk you out of it. Your yastic, Your measuring parameter. Is the way God lives towards you. Amen? The second scripture I don't want you to forget is Luke chapter 6. So I've not said anything. I've spent the whole time on these two scriptures because if we get it, the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. Luke chapter 6, verse 35 through 36. Luke chapter 6, verse 35 and 36. I tell you, love your enemies help and give without expecting a return. And preacher will teach us to give ten or twenty or thirty, and they will send handkerchief to us, or they will pray for us, or they will do this for us. Do you see how counterproductive that is? It is diametrically opposed to what God asks us to do. Jesus said, give without expecting a return. And preachers say, give. And I will pray for you and the heavens will be opened. that's why we have to pray for our leaders. That we have to pray for our teachers. See when you listen to God and you have to relay the message sometimes you mess up. So we have to constantly pray for those that minister the word unto us. Not to criticize. Now, pray. They are humans. Hallelujah. So if anyone is asking you to give anything in return for something, I mean, that is nothing other than gamble. That's a gamble. Give this so you get this. It is already explicit in the prophecy of God. Give and it shall be given unto you. It is a prophecy. Is it dundee. It will come to pass. I don't need anyone to cajole me. Hallelujah. But this second scripture is so critical to living out our God's created identity. And the Bible says, I tell you, love your enemies. So this aspect of living generously the way God lives towards you does not Segregate. It does not know color. It does not know, oh, this is my friend, this is in my caucus, oh, this is my enemy. No. It caught across. If we are going to be who God wants us to be, the only way is to listen to him. That's why, again, it breaks my heart when someone stands and leads us to pray and wants to kill all our enemies. It breaks my heart. Again, because it's diametrically opposed to the instruction of living our God's created identity. And I'll give you an example. Sir, remember James and John? When some people don't want to welcome Jesus, Should we call fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus said, you do not know the spirit that is in you. It is a different spirit. It is not like the spirit of Elijah, wherein he can call fire at any time to consume. No, he's under his legitimate right he was doing that. No, but God said he am giving you a different spirit. Don't call fire to consume anyone. I don't want them consumed. I want them converted. Living generously. Your God's created identity. Hallelujah. So these two scriptures, if we forget everything, because, I mean, I know we will. Because I don't know how many messages you have listened to. I mean, thousands and thousands. How many do you remember today? Hallelujah! So, to be a repeating, look at what he says, said. You will never, I promise. I'm still in Luke chapter six, verse thirty-five through thirty-six. Say, so, you will never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity, the way our Father lives towards us, generously and graciously, even when we were. Washed. Our Father is kind. You be kind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So those two scriptures, I want us to keep it in mind. Um, and don't forget them. Just learn them and read them to yourself over and over and over again. In order to help you to leave your God's created identity. Amen? To leave it out. Amen. So we've talked about the Holy Spirit in the course of this conversation. How we need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit can help us to accomplish what God has destined for us from before the foundation of the earth. Amen? So now I want to talk about that briefly. And I want to go back to, uh, let's go to 1 uh, Corinthians 12. That's where we're supposed to spend most of our times, um, <clears throat> time today. But uh, uh, let me just read. Okay, let's read from verse 1, okay? Let's read <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 1. I'm going to try to speed up a little bit. From verse 1, <clears throat> what I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets walked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when when you didn't know God, left from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It is different in this life. In living out the God's created identity life, it is different. You just don't do things because everybody does it or because someone says it. No. It is led by the Spirit of God. Amen? And that's what God is trying to establish to us here. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the spirit of God will never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master, without the insight Of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person, I want you to underline this. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Please understand that. I'm, I'm gonna read it again. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits all kinds of things are handed out by the spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Amen? Each person is given something to do so that the result will be the revelation of who God is. Like I said, God is not broke. The life or the generous life that God has called us into, our God's-given identity to live generously, has one purpose. The purpose is to reveal who God is, is to show who God is. So when I leave my God's-given identity, the goal, as far as God is concerned, is true that God will make himself known to those who are recipients. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? And so as a result of that, God distributes his spirit or spiritual gifts through his spirit. He gave us various diverse gifts. And those gifts, when they are expressed, they translate to ministries, to service. Amen. And the whole idea was when we live our God's created identity through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God has poured out in us, it will reveal who God is to others. Amen. And this is evident in the lives of the earliest apostles. And God wants us to emulate that. Amen. In this list, we have wise counsel as those various gifts, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Amen? These are the various gifts that God has given unto believers. And the reason God gave these is as we begin to live. In our God's created identity, all this should translate to ministries, to services, and it is for everyone. And here is something that I want to press into our mind again. He said, each one is given something. Okay, there is just no one who is born of God that has not been given something. Everyone is giving something so that we can give or we can uh, demonstrate who God is. Amen? Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. Amen? I want us to pay attention to that. I'm going to quickly go into, uh, let me read verse Verse 27. Verse 27 through 31. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget it. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. That's the reason why I was trying to help us to just talk to someone and convince ourselves who we are. Only as you accept, until you accept who you are in that body, only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Amen? So it is critical... To understand that as a member of Christ's body, there is a part that God has given unto us. And I don't want to, uh, let me just quickly, because the time is up, let me, read, uh, let me read that scripture to point your attention to something. Because more often than not, we uh, focus on things that we may not be or that may not have been given unto us. <clears throat> Um, and rather than focusing on things that God has given unto us. In verse 27, verse uh, uh, 27, okay, we we'll see still there, good. <clears throat> so he said, okay, you are Christ's body, that's who you are, you must never forget it. this, is uh, forget this, only as you accept. Your part of that body, does your part mean anything? You are familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in his church, which is his body. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongue. Um, watch this. But it is obvious by now, It isn't. Um, isn't it? That Christ's Church is a complete body and not a gigantic unidimensional part. It is not all apostle. Everyone will not be apostle. It is not all prophet. Everyone will not be prophet. It is not all miracle workers. Everyone will not be miracle worker. It is not all healer. Everyone will not be healer. Not all prayer in tongue. Not all interpreter of tongue. If you do your, your math very well, if you go back to the list, you see that two things are missing there. Where it says not everyone will be apostle, not everyone will be teacher, not everyone will be this, two things are missing. Help and administration. Let me read the list of the body to you again. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, everyone will be helpers everyone will be organizers those are basic in the gift of the holy spirit everyone has the ability to help not everyone can be pastor not everyone can be preacher not everyone can be apostle but everyone has the ability to help and everyone has the ability to govern do you know why there is no one that does not have the ability to govern because either you have, if you, are, if, if you see a child, you have some responsibilities. But if you are an adult, you either have a wife, you have a husband, you have, you have children, you have governance over them. Everyone has the ability to help. We will not all be apostles. We will not all be preachers. One thing God made clear by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in every child of God. Every child of God has the ability of the Spirit of God to be a helper. To help. Living our God's created identity is all about being available to help every time there is a need. God is always available to help us every time we need and that's why he said the way god lives towards you and it does not matter who it is it could be a muslim it could be osama bin Laden. if you encounter osama bin Laden when he was alive god expects you to help him now you might not look at that very kindly but you just cannot choose and pick from the scriptures It says, everyone may not be an apostle, everyone may not be a teacher, everyone may not be a preacher, but everyone can be a helper. So when we are talking about living our God's created identity, it's about helping everyone that God has given you the opportunity to help. Everyone that you come in contact with, you should have it behind your mind that you are Christ's ambassadors. You should have it behind your mind every time that you represent Christ, that you have an identity in Christ. And so therefore, every time God brings someone in contact with you, even when they are as mean as anything you have never seen before, God wants you to remember that the reason I place you here is so that you can help Hallelujah. We have someone in our family that went somewhere this past few days and she wanted some medical help. She needed her prescription refill but she has no insurance. So I referred her to somewhere Where they uh, can, you know, help her with a very minimal payment. But someone told her about another service where it is completely free. She went there, and this uh, consulted many people. There at the end of the day, she was seen, her prescription was refilled. And the, the helper, you know, consulted with her, and said, okay, well, do A, B, C. And he said, how much? "Oh, so it's completely free. If you want to donate, it's fine. We take donations. Where am I going with this? At the end of the day, I pulled that organization website. And I want to read to you what they wrote as their mission. Everyone who is born again, every child of God, has the ability to help. That's our God's created identity. If it is registered in our mind and it's in our head, everywhere we go, everything we do, every time we have opportunity to meet with someone, the world will change before we know it. Our world will change. Uh, let me read this to you. They said, um, "ICNA Relief USA seeks to alleviate human suffering by providing caring and compassionate service to victims of adversities and survivors of disasters." ICNA Relief USA strived to build healthy community. Strengthen families and create opportunity for those in despair while maintaining their dignity and advocating for their basic human needs. Volunteers from across the country help us accomplish our mission every day. This is the shocker. We are a Muslim organization and feel it is our religious responsibility To support those in need in our country, regardless of their race, their religion, or other identifying features. Hallelujah. Do you get it? It is our religious obligation. We feel it is something we have to do. Helping others. God's created identity. Hallelujah. Let's rise on our feet. <clears throat> God, <clears throat> God has created us for this purpose. And maybe when we have the opportunity to discuss this further, I'll be able to take us through several, several detailed scriptures that will point us to how God expects for us to live. As opposed to listening to some of those things that does not help. Amen? How many of us here... God has given you a gift. You have a gift, uh, you offer services, you know, you have been paid somewhere to do a job or what have you. How many? <clears throat> Hallelujah. So every one of us has been given something to do so that God may be revealed. Everyone. What I want us to do, you know, we normally call people, we call, we talk about um, um, marketplace ministry. The challenge I want to post across to us today, as many of us that God has bestowed gifts upon, and as many of us that are children of God, you have the gift of God. You are you endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given you something to do to help others. I want you to think about how you can help others. How you can live graciously and generously be with that which God has given unto you. And this is what I want us to do. I'll give you an example. I'm an IT expert. I make computers spin. I do, I can do so many things. In the computer world. Because God has given me that opportunity. What do I need to do? I want to use that gift to benefit anyone that I can as much as I could. So if you have a computer need, I'm willing to help. It is Zero dollars that's their money cost. Give you consultation, give anything you want to think about, anything at all that has to do with IT IT. And I've been doing that forever. Amen. I want to challenge you today. What has God given you? How are you using it to help others? <clears throat> if you are prepared to leave your God's given identity and you want to begin to tap into these which God has called you into, call the church office. The church didn't know this, so you'll be surprised. Call the church office. Say, I am so, so, so person. I have this ability and if there's any need, please, I'm willing to help. Amen. Amen. We will collate it. Wow. We will work on it and see how we can make it available to the entire church. And if you have the capability that you can take more of those kind of services, we publish it in our website. Amen. And we call it Helper Squad. And there'll be a line there. There'll be a telephone. There'll be an email address there. And the list of services we could provide to help. And if someone needs those services, the church office will take those information and place a call to you or send you an email. Someone needs this. And then you can help. Is that okay? Hallelujah hallelujah. God bless you. Whoa, Whoa, hallelujah, hallelujah.